It's Grow the Heck Up. Yeah. Grow the Heck Up. Why don't you give me something that'll help me grow the heck up? I want the truth, but nothing changes. Let's we grow the heck up. Cause I'm so sick and tired of lies. Grow the heck up. We need to grow the heck up. Woo. Greetings and welcome to Grow the Heck Up where we discuss race, religion, music, culture, health, community, hip-hop, and the Bible. So I want to talk a little bit about, it's been a minute since I've talked to you guys. Uh, what's up, Ivory Pleasant? What's up, BD Brandon? I want to talk to you guys about a concept that I've been throwing around a lot lately, and it's what I call inferiority privilege. It's the concept that because you are uh, have been, oh, Holy Goods Code. What's up, man? I, I checked out some new merch from you, man. I hope to, uh, get some of that stuff. So grace and peace, everyone. God bless you guys. I'm going to try to get into it really quick. So inferiority privilege is this concept that I came up with. And it's the idea that because you have gone through something or because your family has gone through something or because your group or people group has gone through something that you now have the privilege of not being held to standards generally accepted by society. It's inferiority privilege that you can, you know, you can grant it to yourself or other people can grant it to you. And this car, this, and I just can't escape this being a person who grew up in hip hop culture to the core. I'm talking about, I'm from Brooklyn, New York city, grew up banging on tables, freestyle cypher. I taught hip hop. I was paid by organizations to teach kids about the history of hip hop in school. A nonprofit organization gave me a blank check to go and buy all the hip hop history books. And I taught it to kids and all of this. I am a byproduct of hip hop culture. And so now that I'm older, my worldviews have changed and grown in so many ways. It's just amazing to me the things that the larger the larger society or the larger group of society or people outside of hip hop culture, black, white or otherwise. I'm amazed at the level of accountability that's called for from these other people. Meanwhile, some of the most famous and well-known black people are allowed to op, particularly in the hip hop community, are allowed to operate at a level that is so below what would otherwise be accepted from anyone else. And the reason why this is related to Tucker Carlson is because apparently Media Matters dropped transcript and audio of Tucker Carlson, a Fox News correspondent, in an interview. And um, the interview, uh, let me see, appearances that Tucker Carlson made between 2006 and 2011, according to USA Today, on a popular shock jock radio program called Bubba the Love Sponge. In two appearances, Carlson jokingly downplayed the crimes of cult of a cult leader. Uh, I think that uh, I forget the guy's name, you know, the guy who uh, was facilitating child marriages and all of that. Right. And uh, Warren Jeffs. Right. And in other clips, he calls women extremely primitive, says he feels sorry for unattractive women. He uses the C word to describe a woman. He calls one woman a pig and refers to the uh, uh, other women as whores. Now, the C word thing, somebody also put up a picture of Tucker Carlson uh, uh, saying it's unacceptable to call uh, the first daughter a C word. So his hypocrisy is being exposed. He has to deal with that. That's on him. But it's weird to me. So I'm scrolling the hashtag on Twitter, right? And I wish I would have had the lady's name. But, you know, I got out of Twitter and I came back looking for it and I can't seem to find it. But this woman said, 
I'll give you an example of, of, of how this stuff is offensive to me. This woman said, I was just celebrating International Women's Day with my daughter. And then I'm shocked to see how far women have to go, right? I'm not mad at that sentiment in a vacuum. No lie to you, right? White social justice warrior woman. I didn't know her. You know, you just search the hashtag. It just comes up. I kid you not. I click her profile. Her, her bio is a Cardi B quote. And I'm like, and then I look at her timeline and she has this, a lot of social justice warrior stuff, um, you know, in favor of black people. Like, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute. So that's not acceptable for Tucker Carlson, but that's acceptable for us. Why? Why do particularly white liberal people dance and party to music, lyrics, and ideas from black people that they would never accept from anyone else? Somebody's going to have to help me to understand that. That is inferiority privilege, where because I don't think that you can keep up with the standard, I grant you a moral pass because of something that you've been through or you're oppressed. No, thank you. I, I don't want inferiority privilege. Listen, listen, let's let's recap if you guys um, want to understand a little bit better about where this has been coming from, right? She had a Cardi B quote in her bio talking about setting women back. Cardi, Cardi B says she's a hoe and all kind of stuff like that. Speaking of Cardi B, some of you might, might remember she's married to one of the Migos who had a great interview. Seems like he's growing. He just dropped the album called Father of Four. I definitely want to do a review of that because it was one of the few interviews where somebody started talking positive and I pressed play on the album and the album leaned toward the positivity in the interview. I, I have great respect for that. You know what I mean? But one of the Migos was forced to apologize for saying they don't vibe with queers. Okay. They don't vibe with queers, but they kill black men. Like, you understand what's going on here? You understand what's going on here? LeBron James and 21 Savage. LeBron James was on his Instagram or Snapchat or whatever. I think it was Instagram stories. Playing a 21 Savage song. 21, oh, 21 Savage, right? 21 Savage has a line in his song. I think it's ASMR, right? And he says, "I'm everything coach, I'm getting Jewish money. That's a paraphrase, right? He had to apologize for that. On the same song, he's throwing the gun out the window and eradicating the lives of black men. No forced apology for that. That is inferiority privilege. Where you think they down with you, they're vibing with you, but they give you a different set of rules because there's no expectation for you to be able to live up to the general rules of society and culture. What is that? The same people who claim to be fighting for you will never tell you. That there are things in your culture and in your life that they would never accept in their own life. Baby, it's cold outside. The Christmas song got banned. And I'm, I'm staying on this thing because I just marvel. I marvel. I listen to the lyrics. You know, I'm here in Houston. You know, I'm always working with young people. I'm back working with young people again down here in Houston. Oh, my goodness, man. Some of the things that these young folks believe and accept in their worldview. I'm talking about little kids, too. It's crazy. So... When I see this on a day-to-day, -day, and then I see what's accepted, they, they expect, oh my God, he should never say that about women. Oh my, I can't believe he called women the C word. Uh, shiver, shiver me timbers. Really? Ask yourself that though. Ask yourself why the Me Too movement does not hold black figures and black male figures in hip hop to these standards. These men say on any given day, Anything worse that people are being called out for saying, what do you think it is? What do you think the reason is? Why? If it's really about women 
and you're really about protecting women, setting the standard, Gillette, T Terry Crews, all of these people challenging toxic masculinity with this elephant in the room that nobody's willing to say anything about. Sucker move to me. You know nobody challenged the gangsters. You know nobody wants smoke with a rap hip-hop gangster. Mess around, call you a B to your face on Twitter. What are you going to do? I just can't buy it. So listen, this is not a wholesale endorsement or defense of Tucker Carlson. He got to deal with his own hypocrisy. All kind of stuff is coming up. He refuses to apologize. That's on him. But I, I just can't help but wonder. And again, this was a particular experience I had of just scrolling Twitter, scrolling Twitter, and I look. A woman says, oh, my gosh, me and my daughter, you know, women are so set back. I clicked and she had a Cardi B quote in her bio. I was like, oh, she thinks that's only for us, not her. That's acceptable for black people. Black people can talk like Tucker Carlson. Black men in hip hop can talk like that. Cardi B can act like that. That's for us, not for them. Let me play you a clip right now. And uh, I think I've mentioned it before, but I don't think I've ever ventured to play it on the show. And so it's from comedian, a black comedian called a, a black comedian named Lavelle Crawford. Some of you might know him if you follow black comedy and whatnot. He's pretty well known. This is heartbreaking, man. It's pretty long, but and it has profanity. So, you know, we a family show. We try to keep it PG as often as possible. So if you have kids in a room or anything like that, you might want to definitely turn, you know, turn this off and come back later or send them in another room or put some headphones in. So here we go. Uh, they call him a every time, the president, the president, the president. And I was highly upset at that. I mean, I was highly upset and they kept calling him a nigga because the whole time he was never a nigga. He never did anything nigga like. I know a lot of y'all clapping out of pride, but I, I ain't clapping out of pride because it pissed me the fuck off because he didn't do shit I did, you know. He never fucked Michelle, never cooked no barbecue in the yard. He had a bad fuck ass dog. He had no pit or Rottweiler. He didn't do yeah, he played basketball, he smoked, but if we showed you smoking weed, why you roll the blunt while you doing a press conference? One motherfucker thing would have made me feel like he was a but I, I was really pissed off that America called him a because he was never a mother. And I'll tell you that right now, he was never a nigga. I know. Never a nigga. When he walked in that office, oh, he's not a nigga. Hugging his wife, holding her hand, they always in each other's eyes and shit. That is not real things. But God heard our prayers. God heard our prayers. Thank you, Jesus, because now we have a real man. <laughs> Donald Trump is the realest guy I've seen in my motherfucking life. Listen. You can get mad if you want to. He don't look black. Yeah, you the new kind of We got burnt almond. We got light skin. We got dark skin. We got purple. Now we got a new kind of a tangerine. <laughs> Donald Trump is the realest nigga in the game. Him and his wife fought at the inauguration. He turned around and said, get your act together. Turn back around. Okay. Okay. Where are white people getting these images of black people from? I don't understand. Like, why is what? This is a black man standing on stage saying that being a nigger is characterized by degenerate behavior. And the joke goes on. The joke goes on. Listen. The day he won, that's it. They fight walking off Air Force One. She walking off. Go, ain't touching your hand. Go. I'll be down there, DT. Leave me the fuck alone. Being black or being a nigger is characterized 
by degenerate behavior and fighting with your woman in front of people and doing degenerate acts. And Ben Carson is the coon? You decide for yourself. You decide for yourself. Ask yourself why hip-hop culture, black men in hip-hop culture in particular, are not held to the same standards when what they do and say is far beyond what some what they're trying to hold some people for. And I not see and then I see also I see people in black culture even jumping in on the me too. Don't say nothing to these gangsters. Y'all suckers to me. Snowflake justice warriors. It's grow the heck up. Yeah. Grow the heck up. Why don't you give me something that'll help me grow the heck up? I want the truth but nothing changes. Let's we grow the heck up. Cause I'm so sick and tired of lies. Grow the heck up. We need to grow the heck up. Whew. It's grow the heck up. Greetings and welcome to Grow the Heck Up. Uh, I'm smiling because I have one of my favorite people. You probably don't even know he's one of my favorite people. One of my favorite people here as a guest uh, to be interviewed here on Grow the Heck Up. God over money artist, artist extraordinaire, uh, renowned thinker, Jared Sanders. What's up, man? Welcome to Grow the Heck Up. Uh, man, appreciate it. The superlatives are definitely welcome, bro. Right, right. For sure. Indeed. So how's it going? Ah, uh, man, life is good, man. No complaints. Just like I said uh, a little bit earlier, man, put the kids to bed. And yeah. Finally, I think my son coming off of a flu, so. Right, right. You know, so, so he was a little aggy, but, you know, everything is everything. Hey, man, I dig it. I dig it. So when's your next project coming out? Uh, soon, man. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking summer. Okay. I'm thinking summer. Cause, uh, man, I've been busting out a lot of records, um, lately, but it kind of slowed down a little bit. Cause, uh, me and the wife just, uh, purchased our home, man. So. Oh, congrats. Uh, we, yeah. Congrats. Appreciate it, man. We just had to get, uh, acclimated to that process. Right. Indeed. So, uh, Indeed. yeah. So other than that, man, hopefully, uh, Summer, I talked to Biz. Uh, we look, we definitely looking at summer though, for sure. All right, I dig it. So, so your man, your, your last project, I really enjoyed it, bro. And you know, this ain't gas, you know, I hit you on the side or whatever, like, yo, right, right, right. Oh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, yo, what was one of your for those of you not for those not familiar with your music, if you could give them a record to go listen to to really hear the heart behind what it is that you do that you feel is a thorough representation of what your music and your ministry and your artistry represents. What song would you have people listen to and why? Um, ideally, it depends. Cause I mean, I, I wrote it kind of in different phases, um, just different phases of a season I was in, but um, to get a good idea of what I'm capable of and you know, what I'm trying to convey, right. um, it's like one or two, like it's, oh, it's a record called Get Money. Give me three, um, okay. Yeah, yeah, Get Money is one of those that was, Man, that was that that took some stuff, some uh some life to squeeze that oil out, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. Um and then uh we have uh Rain Down or Rain on Me the joint. Um uh that one is another one. Um and Fear of Flying is another one. Like those are all records that kind of came uh in a in a darker season in life. But I feel like that's where the best music comes, man. I feel like yeah. it, it comes out of that pressing place. You feel me? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Sometimes the mountaintop, you know, it, you know, I mean, it's good to be there. Right. Uh, 
But there's nothing like what gets squeezed out of you when you're in those tough places, though, bro. Right, right. You got to. Yo, so let's talk politics a little bit, brother. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and the reason why I'm excited about this interview is because people don't get to see people don't get to see a lot of what artists are. You know, there's only so much you can put in your music at one time. But right. with you especially, man, people have no. I, and this is just me talking. People have no idea how diverse of a thinker you are and the amount of substantive thoughts you have on different topics would probably blow people's mind. I'm looking forward to a podcast from you in the future, brother. You got to bless uh, me. That's my opinion. Um, yeah. So you, a lot of political talk, you categorize yourself as, how would you categorize yourself politically, whether it be one label, two, descriptive, how would you categorize yourself politically? Um, I would probably say from a ideology standpoint, I'm a, right. I'm a, I'm more of a conservative. Um, I would say that, uh, politically I'm more closely aligned with libertarian views, but you right. know, life kind of works in a lot of nuance. So right, it's, it's sure. I've never seen an hundred percent libertarian or, you know, a hundred percent Democrat. Um, right. so I'm probably like, in essence, I'm probably like more economically progressive. Not, not no, I, I'll say environmentally progressive. Right. I'm probably more like economically conservative, mm. um, like criminal justice. Um, I'm a little more progressive in that realm. Right. Um, you know, but uh, when it comes to taxes, I'm pretty conservative on that. <laughs> right, you ain't trying to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, right. but at the same time, I mean, I really believe that the Constitution in and of itself is a is a very strong document, man, and it's a solid document. And I feel like if we just held, you know, our uh, government structures, just to the constitutional values that exist, I feel like we would kind of be in a completely different space. You know, everybody's right. trying to change and adjust. And, you know, it's it's getting to the point now where the libertarian in me is like, all right, get out of my business. You do what you do over there, let me yeah. do what I do over here, right? Ex exactly, exactly. And that, that's, that's what has been shaping my political view more. The older I get, the more mature I get. It, it's really not about cheering for a squad. It's more about looking for the worldviews that allow me to live the way I want to live unencumbered more so. Right, right, exactly. You know I mean? And of course, I don't mean to do anybody harm. I don't mean I want to do evil. But I definitely, I definitely have come to appreciate concepts like freedom and liberty. Growing up, those were like, you know, false narratives to me. You know what I'm right. saying? I really didn't understand their importance because I always viewed things through the lens of what, um, what black people weren't allowed to do and have. And so right. I didn't really truly value principle, you know, liberty, freedom. Those were just like buzzwords to me. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. Also, exactly. I've really come to appreciate what I do consider to be freedom, and I just believe we have more freedom in this country than we realize. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's very true. I mean, it's it's interesting. Like in a lot of conversations I have um, with more of uh, my my left leaning friends, right? Um, they're they're always talking about freedoms and and liberty, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, but bro, what what can't you do exactly? Right. Like, what, you, know, you know, like at least let's talk about it. Cause at that point, you know, I feel like we can kind of really uh, scope it out a little bit more. But if we're just saying a bunch of regurgitated points, you know, that we heard or that we were kind of raised on, it's mm -hmm. like, it's like, there's, there's no growth in that, man. Right. Like, right. what are you really unable to do? Like, right. let's, let's right. really talk about that. Because if the argument is that, 
you have a personal experience in which you have tried to do any and everything a normal constitutionally free citizen can do mm-hmm. and you're telling me that you're being stopped from doing that mm-hmm. let's have a conversation about right. it right right you know if if there's actually a a a force that is opposing you yeah let's really have that dialogue but right. if not if if you can't say you're being restricted from you know uh being an entrepreneur when you're just sitting on the couch you know what i'm saying like that right. that doesn't it doesn't work that way not for me as I get older, I, I just can't bang with it. So when we have these dialogues and when I have these convos with a lot of my uh, friends now, it's like, hey, man, y'all really don't realize how free you are. And it's amazing right. how it goes. Right. You know, so I've seen you call out racism. I've seen you point at racism and, and, and call it out where you see it. Right. Um, but there's two sides to every coin, of course. When you hear the term victim narrative listen when i use the term victim now i don't really see race attached to it right a lot of people of all walks of life who are you know not necessarily taking advantage of everything that they've been afforded we are spoiled americans i believe you know absolutely first Um, world problems that's what i said right to varying degrees of course right right but when you hear as a millennial when you hear the term victim narrative what is what does that mean to you because again Listen, I always say cliches become cliches because they have uh, so much truth in them to begin with. You know, people don't right. use falsehoods most of the time. A lot of times it becomes popular and overused because of the truth that's in it. When you hear the term victim narrative of, of a, uh, from a um, perspective of a millennial, what do you think your generation needs to understand about who they are, where they are, particularly to those who are believers in this day and age? Absolutely. And that's what I was going to tackle. Um, from the perspective of a believer, man, I, you know, I, I look at scripture saying that we're more than conquerors, man. Like, I don't, I don't look at scripture that is uh, attempting to subjugate us and make us lower than we were purposed to be. I just don't see that. Um, so, so again, I, I can't give everything a broad brush viewpoint. Like, I have to look at things at an individual perspective. So again, kind of like I referenced to before, I asked my friends, you know, what can't you do? Let's really talk about that. Because if you're saying that it's harder for you as a black person to get opportunities, I need you to show me the receipts. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's, it's, not, it's not as easy when you really break down a lot of the uh, regurgitated uh, uh, perspectives. It's, it's not as easy to prove that you're unable to do something once you strip away everything that somebody's already told you, right? Mm-hmm. So, so from a Christian perspective, I, I was never, I guess maybe my church experience was never one that I went to churches and listened to teachings or preaching that made me feel like I had to be less than I was purposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. So I never, I never had that narrative spewed at me from a pulpit so I wouldn't I was always you know encouraged to go and do something you know I was always encouraged hey here are the tools if I needed something from the church that I went to I would ask right you know like I never really um came up in the uh churchianity culture a lot of times that that makes people feel like they have to be uh insignificant 
in order to feel like they can be exalted by society. Like right. I just never feel like that. And I feel like ultimately, if you subscribe to the idea that you are small or, or lowly, um, it plays in your mind and it makes you begin to second guess all of the natural abilities that you have. Like I'm, I'm kind of uh, looking at how um, when Moses was initially uh, greeted uh, at the burning bush, when he had to speak to the burning bush, you know, God spoke to him and he asked him what was in his hand. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like he wasn't in, in Moses went on this narrative. I can't speak. You know, I, I'm not a, I'm not eloquent of speech and I'm not all of these things. And God was like, all right, cool. I'm going to send this person with you. And it wow. made me realize, look, we use more excuses than God will ever give us. Wow. For what <laughs> we use way more excuses than wow. God ever gives us. So with that, no, I can't. I can't bang with the whole "I can't do it" mentality. I, I just can't do it. So, so where where do you think the church in general, black, white, or other, where do you think the church has missed it on race? And if you had to offer, not even necessarily a critique, but a word of admonishment, where do you think we could have done better in recent years? Should have done better. What are your thoughts on race relations in church? I think when it comes to relationships with people, like loving your neighbor, we fundamentally drop the ball, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it comes from like two different veins. One vein is that uh, a lot of the more uh, white evangelical narrative was like when black people were saying their, their experience as blacks was different, instead of offering empathy first, mm -hmm. it was like, hey, well, we're all brothers in Christ, right. which is true. Right, which is true. It's not false to say that, but it, it almost detaches from the experience. Like I was always told if somebody um, homeless is asking, uh, is hungry, like you don't meet them with a Bible first. Wow. You, know, you, you, you feed them right. when they're hungry. And I feel like the practical application um, is where the church missed the ball. So when, when churches, um, especially of other, uh, you know, racial demographics, um, when they, when the hood was out crying for somebody to help them, right. you know, uh, you know who was out there? The five percenters were out there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the cat, the, the Muslim brothers out with uh, bean pies was out there um, telling them that, hey, you are royalty. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They mm. were giving them a purpose and an identity and an ideology where the otherwise um less black um you know uh you know communion of people they were like hey race doesn't exist right. you're black i'm white but we're brothers right that's and it's not false and i think the the problem though is when you're when you're a person looking for an identity that believes that identity was stripped away from them mm -hmm. when you say that that identity um is less important than the collective right. um, to that demographic. It's like, man, I, I'd rather just go with these people who are telling me I'm great. Right. You and know, because, because even though, I find that even though white evangelical culture said we're all one in Christ, mm -hmm. they also cling very strongly to American culture. Absolutely. And, and look at the, look at the, uh, it, the mo one of the most segregated places is Sunday morning, man. Like right. you got, you, 
I mean, it's it, the multicultural church is like a new thing, right? right? Wow. Like, it, like you got you had white church, you had black church. The experience is completely different, and then you have the multicultural church, right. and it's like, oh, so this is what heaven could look like. But those churches are the minority, overwhelmingly so. Right. So, and, so and when they, you go, they, spring out, they seem to spring out of a goal to be multicultural, which isn't bad. Right. But more than a natural evolution of the relationships that people have across town with one another, because that's how Christians actually intermingle. It's more like absolutely a white pastor meets a black pastor. They love each other. It's like, yo, we need to get our folks together, which isn't bad. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're right. That is a, a more of a new phenomenon. And and it's odd because the, the church demographics are almost parallel to the education demographic in that when you see uh, richer neighborhoods, mm-hmm. um, they have more affluent members of their churches, wow. right? Um, when you see uh, poorer neighborhoods, you have a demographic that is represented more so hmm. by that, that, that church community is represented in that community. So it's like, man, when I look at the Catholic church, and I used to say this all the time, when I look at Catholic assemblies and things like that, in my city, there are two Catholic churches. Hmm. In my city also, there are probably 70 churches, like 70 Baptist churches. So it's like, wow, there's more, there's more solidarity in the Catholic church in that it's like, hey, if I'm Catholic, I'm going to a Catholic mass. You know what I'm saying? And, and there's only two of them in the city. So wow. you're either going here or there. But wow. when I look at uh, churches in my area, um, I believe there, there's a statistic saying that more than 70% of my city is unchurched, right? Um, and it, that's a you know term, people that don't go to church, people that may not believe in Jesus, but more specifically don't go to a given church or assembly. But I know for a fact that many of the Catholics, they got two churches to go to. But uh, when it's time to look for a church, even from an evangelistic perspective, I found that it's less inviting people to church and more inviting people to my church, right? So it's member swapping Hmm. more so than evangelism. Wow, that's good. It's like, I don't like my church anymore, so I stopped going to church. Right. But then somebody's like, hey, instead of saying, hey, you should get back in church, these are a couple of churches that I visited. Wow. It's like, it's no, like, come to my church. Yeah, come to my church. We love you here. <laughs> right. And it's like, wait, that, I don't, we're the church, though. Hmm. You know, so, so why, does, why does my pastor have to be the one to give you the biblical truth that you need? Right. Story. right. I could recommend that, but right. I, mean, that's, I mean, at the same time, there's, uh, my pastor's not the only one that can rightly divide a word. So, right. you know, sure. I mean, yeah. So, so, so the flip side of that is what, I, what I'm seeing a lot of in black church culture is it seems to follow a lot of the narratives of the present social justice movement. That's an understatement. You know what right. I'm saying? Um, right. A lot of my Christian friends that are black follow, a lot of my Christian friends who are social justice warriors, um, they follow the Sean Kings, you know what I'm saying? The Mark Lamar. Right. I follow those guys too. Um, people have heard my perspective. So 
what what do you think overall? Any any thoughts you have on the? I don't want to use the word infiltrated because it's almost derogatory. I do hold the derogatory view towards what is now called social justice. Right, right. But I want to give you an opportunity to just share your overall thoughts. Like, what do you think about the way faith is being interwoven with social justice um, as we see it? Like, I, yo, bro, listen, man, I love freedom. I, I, listen, I'm with the business, but I saw a popular, secular, liberal publication say, look at the woman bringing social justice to astrology. And it was a white lady. Like, I just feel like these terms get so co-opted, but those are my thoughts. What overall, when you step back, and uh, what what, do you, what are your thoughts on how the church is moving in the social justice space? Um, good question. Um, I would say I don't think this is anything new. Um, I think that the church at large has always had a habit um, in attempting to. Uh, I, I guess the best way to put it would be. Um, in order to attract insects, right? You could, you got two ways to do it, right? You've got, you've got putting sugar on something and then obviously they'll flock to the sugar or, um, especially in the realm of like a moth, you can be a light and they'll follow you, right? I've found like in Christian culture at large, um, even more so in the black church, we um, have a pattern, and maybe I shouldn't say even more so, but we have a pattern of attempting to be so aware and engaged in secular culture mm. that we will integrate uh, pop culture into our churches in order to appeal to the masses, mm. right? So if you think about, um, if you think about how You've seen, I know you've heard it, and sometimes I'll be thinking as cheesy as a mug. We'll have Christian versions of secular songs. Right, of course. Right? Like, like when, 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 Prince, when Prince died, he, uh, I saw a video of this church, the pastor dressed up in purple, um, and instead of purple rain, he did a tribute that said, bless his name, bless his name. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, right. so with that being said, like it's not inconsistent with the pattern mm. to see that um, you know social justice is the matter of the day, right? right? It's it is what it is. So the church has decided to find a way to engage secular cultural issues mm. um, by finding a position. Mm. The the problem, in my opinion, is that everybody thinks that their position is biblical mm. everybody it doesn't matter what the position mm. is everybody does right because right. you, you've got you've got some churches that are adamant gay marriage no we're done then you've got other churches that are like love everyone mm. you know and hey i i think that god forgives all sin right. and transgression yes you can come to my church Gay, straight, or otherwise, which I agree, absolutely, come to church. Right, but, right, yeah, right. But then it's like, no, we'll we'll marry you, yeah, or 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 we'll be pastors and we'll marry each other, right? Like, and the first man or the the you know. Right, yeah, the, I've seen that. I've seen churches where that you know officiate you know gay marriages and have right, really right, up. or the church, the church of Beyonce, 
Right. Like, or, you know, these, these things exist and they're not inconsistent with the pattern. Mm-hmm. Like, so when I see um, the church jumping into social justice, I'm like, all right, if you want to do that, let's find some semblance of unanimity when it comes to the topic. Like, I don't necessarily say that I agree wholeheartedly with, um, I believe there was a, uh, um, a, a pact or an agreement that was done. I forget what it was for. Um, uh, the the uh, marriage agreement or pact that a lot of the, uh, I forget, yeah, yeah, the you know what I'm talking about. Right, the evangelicals did a whole agreement, right? A whole coalition to come together. Right, um, Right, and and I was like, okay, so 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 if if that's what we're gonna do, I feel like because there's no unanimity though, and everybody thinks that they're right, we find ourselves clashing with each with each other. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like, all right, social justice, black lives matter, because black lives do matter, right? Cool, right. got it. My issue was never with the words. It was always with the application, Hmm. right? Like, who were the founding fathers? Why should I ascribe to this? Why should I want to know more about this? Why should I accept and and promote this? What are you saying? Because this is obviously not coming from the Christian perspective. And it sounds more like you're just trying to co-opt civil rights for gay rights. Right. Right? Or or with gay rights. So it, it ends up looking weird and to me when the non-christian world looks at the lack of consistency in the message why would they want to come to church at all Mm. right i i I just don't i'm not a so when i see you know the church getting involved in social justice cool all right you want to get involved in social justice word because there's far extremes on either side right but make sure that everything you say, you realize you're going to be held into account for. So, so let me ask you, why do you think it is, and this has just been my experience, uh, for those of you watching, uh, you can definitely be next, we can discuss live or anywhere else. Why do you think it is that, I have no problem with Christians calling out wrongdoing in the world. One of my mm-hmm. point of references is, you know, John called out Herod. Mm-hmm. You, know, you got your brother's wife, you shouldn't have her. Um, right. But the issues of the day are definitely divided down political lines, both important issues on both sides. Why is it that when the Christians stand for the social justice, which I'm cool with, what do you think it is that keeps them from calling out the things in the camp that represent social justice? Like, it's no secret that if you're talking First Amendment, free speech, gun rights type of stuff, that's going to be a conservative issue. Right. If you're talking pro-choice uh, criminal justice, that's typically going to be a left-leaning Democrat-type issue. Right. So what is it that you think, because the Christian should be just. You can stand right. out of anything, of the right side of anything, but I've seen people accuse, criti- Christians I know, I've seen them accuse and call out what they believe is racism from Donald Trump. And, but I, I've rarely see, rarely see believers who stand for social justice call out Abortion and abortion is getting crazy. They just passed legislation to kill babies after. What is it? You, yeah. What is it that you think keeps people from keeping the same energy, so to speak? Um. 
One, because I don't believe that we're anywhere as near as just as we think we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't think that we want justice anywhere near as much as we think we do. Mm-hmm. Um, because, because standing on the side of justice oftentimes ends up meaning putting a stake in the ground and saying, look, I don't care what your emotions tell you. Mm. This is right. This mm. is just. Right. Right. It, it, it really involves you planting your flag and being like, nah, mm. I'm not for none of that. And sometimes that looks like separating the mother from the son. Sometimes that looks like separating the father from the children. Sometimes that looks like families being split apart because somebody's like, no, this, that's just wrong, man. Hmm. Like, I'm not, I'm not with none of that. Right. Like, right. so, so we have this emotional attachment when it comes to uh, matters of the day to me that don't allow us to see justice and emotion and separate the two. Right. Because if you say, I love you, but I don't agree with your lifestyle. That makes you at odds with somebody. Right, for sure. Right? And, and to me, only real friends can disagree with each other and have peace. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. only real friends. Right. So, so, so if we get to only this point... Only real friends care enough to keep the peace after the disagreement. Right. <laughs> and, yo, and here's the thing, like, here's the thing, like, we have the ability to offend each other in love. Mm. Like, and people think that offense equals not loving somebody. Right. Right. So, so we always end up at odds on these political issues. And I'm like, you can still come to the barbecue though. Right. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't bang with what you're talking about. Like, I mean, yeah, but, but yeah, yeah. I mean, if you hungry, I got some food for you. You know right. what I'm saying? You cold, I got a blanket for you or an extra bedroom or whatever the scenario is. Right. Um, and, the society that we live in, and I believe we touched on this a while ago, like cancel culture is killing society right, right. now. Right, yeah, I'm done with you. Cancel. Like, yo, it is killing society because it leaves no room for reconciliation. Yeah. Like, I think, even, I think people are doing that so much more with people in their real life, too. They, you know, we feel like we got right. options. We don't feel like we don't right. need anything like that. Right, but and it's like, golly, it's like my thing is, it's like, bro, like, you mean to tell me that because I disagree with you, we can't be cool no more? Right. Like, did I wrong you? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. did I? And, and, and it's like, even if, even after apology, even after, you know, repentance, like I, I noticed even on, uh, remember the Kevin Hart issue? Right. Uh, right. Kevin Hart got nailed. Back in the day. For, yeah, for something mad old, he apologized for multiple times. Right. And, right. and it felt to me like even after apologizing, society still wanted him to apologize again. Right. And I'm like, so if this guy's changed his life, if he's not doing that, he's not making these kinds of jokes anymore. He's right. he's publicly and privately said, "Look, my fault." Right. Accounted for it, yeah, yeah. Like, why y'all still asking the same question? What you want? Right. Like, right. what you what you what you trying to say? Right. What like, you trying to get into? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and right. that is the 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 time that we're on right now, and it's almost. That is contributed to why so many people dislike Donald Trump. I, I'll keep it real with you. Like, it's because 
all right, where we don't like things that he says. We don't like how he says things. We don't like how he does things. And I'm going to keep it real. I don't personally care for dude. Right. But, right. but the fact still remains, I'm going to give props where props are due. Mm-hmm. You know, so if this guy is collaborating with Van Jones to try to do some criminal justice reform, mm-hmm. I'm going to pat him on the back instead of with skepticism, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, because even if I don't see the motive being pure, that doesn't change what was actually done. True story. Right? True story. And, I, and I think a lot of people try to analyze the reason instead of commending the action, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, and so I, that's I my thing. I in that respect because I... I and it, it's sometimes it's watching people move that goalpost. They say, yeah. he ain't going to do nothing for black people. Then he does it. And then he does something. And then you start seeing people say, well, he just did that because I'm like, hold on. Wait a minute. That's <laughs> exactly. like, I'm, I'm like, he ain't going to yeah. do nothing for black people. Like, it, it, but then right. when he does something that seems to benefit the community. I watch people push the line, of the, push the line further back, man. And, and I just feel like in being righteous. Yeah. You have, and we and, and let's let's keep it real. We're both from the hip hop community. We give right. it up to dudes who spew foulness and filthy, filthy right. all the time. Right. You know, dudes who represent the worst of our culture. When we see them do something that's one hundred, we'd be like, "Oh wow, dude gave a dude gave a, a million here, or did this, that, and the third. We still give yeah, it up. Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah, yeah. yeah we do. Let Let's talk hip hop for a minute, man. Age old debate probably won't go anywhere. And it's not just a Christian debate. You know, we, sometimes we isolate it and say, you know, Christian rapper, rapper is Christian. This is, right. a, this is a theme in Christianity, how overt your art should be or how categorized it should be. And, you right. know, one time I was talking to uh, Belief, because, you know, Belief and Ruslan from the Dream, yeah, formally, absolutely. they move around in whatever world. They always have. Right. They've never been had the box on them. And right. one time I shared with belief, like sometimes you get tired of a conversation, but that doesn't mean the person standing in front of you represents the person you've told this to a million times. Right. People are encountering the argument every day. Like, wait a minute, Chris, there's, there's a debate here. And so sometimes when they ask us questions, we come to them with the full weight of the conversation. Like, yo, how many times I got to tell you? Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. so, so, so. Yet again, for those who are still on the fence, undecided, go back and forth. What are your thoughts on cr- the Christian lifestyle and how the Christian makes his art? Um, yeah, what, what, what are some of your thoughts for artists who might be listening or for people who are not sure what to think or have their own idea? What, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's, <laughs> I, I think it's kind of interesting because my narrative is atypical in that like I was popping on the secular side before mm-hmm. I started rapping about Jesus. You know right. what I'm saying? Like I left, like I had a grand opportunity to pop over there and wow. I left that to come over to this side. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I've seen like this interesting trend. Like when I got here, like the world and success of the secular world, it got annoying to me. Like it got bitter. I didn't want it. You know what I'm saying? Wow. I was, opening up for, you know, the Sci High the Princes. I was opening up for, um, you know, you name them, with Kendrick right. Lamar's. I was opening up for these guys, that right. really, you know, J. Cole's and all of that. And for me, it got to the point where actually like uh, elder of my church, a church mother actually, hmm. um, uh, I was trying to get involved in, in youth ministry and she came to me and said, how do you reconcile the music that you make 
um, with the message that you're trying to give these kids. Wow. Um, and I didn't have an answer. Like, wow. I didn't have an answer. I was like preaching, trying to get ready to preach on Sunday and, and ready to go open up and do these shows with these right. heathens outside of it. Right. You know, and, right. it and it got to the point where God convicted my heart more so because my wife, um, my wife was like, nah, I'm not co-signing none of this foolishness. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Luke and she, fight, she yo, yo, facts. Huh. And she was like, nah, I'm not with that. You got to do something different. Um, and so I, I was like stubborn. I was like, fine. I'm just not going to do music at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If I can't talk crazy, I don't want to do it because I think it'll be, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, it's going to be fake if I don't do it this way. Right. So I, I literally was content. Well, I wasn't content. I was hurt. I was hurt. I was grieving because I was like, I can't make the music anymore. And then finally, God gave me something to say, man. So I pinned it down and, and I've been doing it ever since. So when I hear the dialogue of rapper this Christian or Christian rapper, I just really want anybody who wants to jump into this music field, period, whether it be for Christian rap or otherwise, check your heart, man. Hmm. Like, because, like, I actually, uh, there was a dialogue that I had on Twitter uh, with somebody today. I think uh, they said something to you or on the Grow the Heck Up Twitter, right, talking right. about, like, unpopular CHH opinion or, oh, or right. whatever it was. Yeah. And yeah. this dude was like, you know, um, I, I made a comment uh, on a regular tweet, I was like, um, let God's standing ovation be enough. You know I'm saying not being so concerned with the applause of the world, let God's standing ovation be enough. He was like, that's easy to say from somebody who's sitting at the table. Like, and I was, and here's the thing, like, like I said, I told him, I said, the problem with, the problem is in the presupposition though. Like you assume that I wasn't also in your position too. Right. Like, I was like, the, right. the, 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 you know, promotion comes from the Lord. Right. Like you were, you worried about me. Right. Like I was where you at. Like I, I didn't just get, you know, anything like even, right. and you, you got to look like even when the woman uh, pursued Jesus and asked um, for her daughter to be healed, you know, uh, Christ hit her up and was like, yo, this food that I got, it's not for the dogs. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and, and she hard, was like, man. but, and she was like, but even the dogs get the scraps from the table though. Wow. Like, and Jesus hit her with, because of your faith, your daughter's healed. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. um, and so when I look at a lot of these guys getting so mad at the lack of success that may come, I'm like, bro, you worried about the people that's eating instead of like trying to get near the table to figure out what they doing. Like, what wow. are you doing? Like, you didn't even ask what happened. Like, how, how do I learn more? How do I do more? Instead of that, you get mad because of what God gave me. Wow. Like I was, and I, I told him straight up, I said, yo, you got to make that concern vertical. Don't bring it horizontal, man. Yeah. Like, cause at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't know what you are or aren't doing, but I know, you know, and this is, this is something that's even a little more aside. This, this dude is who, who chopped it up and said it. I'm like, but bro, you got mad at me when I put a price on the feature, man. Wow. Talking about, you know what I'm saying? This same guy, same guy, he's getting mad, put a price wow. on the feature. 
And and he was like, yo, but you doing it for the Lord. Why are you doing it for money? I said, you paying me for my time, bro. You're not paying right. <laughs> you're not right. you're not paying me for the ministry itself. And, you're paying and, me to say <laughs> let's be honest, if it's all about it just being for the Lord and there's no difference, go get any Christian rapper. There's a bunch of them. Yeah, exactly. And and if I if I'd have squared up like that, then I'm looking like I'm not. You looking crazy? <laughs> like I'm not humble. If I say, but yo, you you on you on the site you complaining about not getting on because of me. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like so, it, to me, just check your heart, man. Anybody who's trying to get in this, check your heart, because I didn't chase Rapzilla. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't I don't even know what that feels like. I didn't chase Rapzilla. I didn't chase none of these outlets. They came to me. Mm. Like, so I believe, and I, I prayed about this before I ever laid a, a rap down for Jesus. Mm. I said, God, surround me with people, real men that are men of God that are gonna be able to hold me accountable. Um and, and bring the people for me that's for me. And if they're not for me, like keep them far away. Wow. Like, like make it so obvious that their intentions are unpure mm. that I don't even want to be bothered with them. Wow. You know and then God started sending me people. Then God sent me, you know, Dayton. You know what I'm saying? Like Dayton, a dude who he used to be cool with, was Christian, uh, backslid, heard a record I did for Jesus, sent it to Dayton. That hadn't talked to Dayton for years. Wow. Sent it to Dayton, like, yo, Dayton, you should check this guy out. And that's how he and I linked up. You know, it's, it's funny about how things work like that when you hear the stories about how people get together and how genuinely yeah. natural and organic these relationships come together with you and Bizzle or whomever. Right. You know, there's this, like, there's this clickish assumption that because people are clicked up, that it didn't happen in a real spirit-led, organic way. Right. And even more so, it's like people assume that like if you ever hear these stories played back, you never hear these stories played back like, oh, yeah, he was just this rapper who kept DMing me a million times right. trying to get right. me to check out his music or he showed up to exactly. all of my exactly. shows and handed me exactly. a bunch of demos. Like it right. never happens like that. But the, but the behavior never changes, though. Like it's always like that. And I'm like, Bro, what you doing? Like, man, I've yo listen. I've managed a couple of artists' accounts, man, and uh, you know, do social media and whatnot. It it gets ugly, brother. Like it, it, you know. Listen, I don't, I don't. Listen, people can do what they want, brother. But I just mean, like, if any rappers watching this, man, like, dudes really do lose their dignity in the inbox, man. You know what I'm saying? And and I'm not saying that like on some funny style stuff, bro. But it's it's like. It, it, it really is something else how people view the position. Sometimes people view the position you hold so high that right. it never occurred to them that you don't hold that position that way. Right. And you mind know, you, it's mind you, it's humbling. Yeah. And mind you, it's humbling. Don't get don't get it twisted. Like it's cool that people, you know, would look to little old me as a as right. a person cool. that they can connect with a bill with. But I'm like, bro, the only reason that it's humbling to me is that they reach out. But honestly, bro, I don't even be wanting to be bothered with people half the time. Like, like when I get home, here's the thing. Like when I get home, I ain't thinking about music. I'm thinking about, I ain't thinking about work. I'm thinking about my kids and my wife. 
I don't got time to go back and forth on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, DMs with a bunch of people mad at me for something that God did. Right. Like, right. yo, send send that to him. Like, right. don't don't send that to me because I didn't chase none of them down. Like, wow. I didn't, anything that I have gotten thus far, um, first of all, it, it at the end of the day, and, and I think this is the thing that I, they also have to pray for, and this will probably be the thing that I, you know, drop the sword on is, don't chase a platform that you're not willing to lose for the sake of the gospel. Wow. Right? Don't chase anything that you're not willing to lose for the sake of the gospel. Hmm. So all of these guys wanting these cosines and these rapzilla placements. All right, yeah, well, what happens if you get in a car accident and you crush your larynx? You going to be cool with that? Wow. Like, because at the end of the day, we got to be willing to die for the sake of the gospel. Real talk. Right? So this, this platform, it's just it sounds cool. We live it, in it, yeah. It's, it's sound cool. You know, yeah. streams are cool. Like, that means people listening. But, yo, what if you don't get not one stream? Is, is that going to be cool with you? Because if it's not, maybe you don't need to be out here. Mm. Like, because if you're going to start being mad at outlets for doing their job, first of all, any outlet, any media outlet is looking for traffic. Mm-hmm. Period. That's what it is. They're looking for traffic. So if these outlets don't view you as a viable topic for traffic, make your own platform. It's YouTube right, out here. Straight up. It's SoundCloud out here. It's it's uh what uh what's your media fire was out here a long time ago. Bandcamp is out here. And, and perspective, perspective is something else because I, I would say that the average Christian rapper reaches more people on YouTube than Peter did at Pentecost, man. I'm just the average Christian rapper is reaching more people on Facebook than right. Peter did. You right. know what I'm saying? Like right. just just engagement. If if they counted how many comments they got on their posts right. from the beginning of their page, it's like we get so dissatisfied because we're looking at what everybody else has. Comparison, man. Right. It's like, comparison is a killer of joy, man. It's yeah. the thief of joy. Like, I don't, I, like, and I was telling my wife, I was like, yo, it's dope what Biz got. But I don't want to go through what Biz went through to get with he got. <laughs> Like, right, I, don't, right. I don't want that. I don't want it at all. Because yeah. I don't know what them DMs is looking like, but I'm yeah, cool. Yeah. Yo, so before you go, rise of socialism. A lot of people think that, you know, the way to level things out and make things fair is free college, free health care, tax the wealthy, take planes out the sky. Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. Without, without going into even her or Bernie Sanders or anything, what are your thoughts on the rise of socialism, particularly for the millennial African-American or the millennial believer, either one, sometimes they're interchangeable. Um, yeah, what, what, what are your thoughts on the rise of socialism? Uh, let's go piece by piece, right? Okay. Um, education. I feel like it, as, as, a, as a consumer or a person who owns a business, right? When everybody has access to something, 
the value of it cheapens. Generally speaking, that's how it goes, right? right? Everything, the emphasis on everything is quality at first. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're going to do great. Everything is going to be awesome. But the more engagement it gets, uh, the more accessible it becomes mm-hmm. to the general public, the cheaper it becomes. Because one, the production of whatever it is that you're trying to sell ends up having to be ramped up exponentially, right? So let's say you got a burger joint. You got a little mom and pop store, make a really good burger, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, when you make this burger that's really good, society, the little local community's like, man, this is a great burger. They tell their friends about it. And they tell their friends' friends about Mm -hmm. it. And eventually, you got one guy back there with a couple burger patties flipping on the grill, and he's like, yo, I need some help. Right. So, So how do you do that? So what you what the socialist society would assume is like, hey, if you're going to bring in two cooks, they should get paid the exact same money. If you're going to bring in somebody to be a staff member, they should get the exact same pay. No matter how excellent you get paid for the risk you took to build the business in the first. Right, right, right. And so what ends up happening is. What do they do they, in, in capitalism, which is the only way to create sustainable business in most scenarios is say, you know what? I can't afford to pay two chefs the exact same. So I'll have this one chef be the main chef. And I'll bring in this other person who can help out. They'll make a little bit less, right. but it'll help us bring our production up hmm. so that people who go into the business want these burgers and they're able to be accommodated, right? Hmm. Now, as the business continues to grow, and you got to add more and more staff and be responsible for more and more people. You can't pay them all what the top chef is making. Mm-hmm. You can't pay them all what the most experienced employees are making. So you have to come up with a plan that helps you maintain your bottom line, but continues to allow for economic growth. Right. Mm-hmm. So I say that as a flip side with education. If a bachelor's degree was something everybody had, the value of a bachelor's degree drops, right? right. So it's, it's the same reason, right? It, it drops tremendously. Um, if, if everybody, that's why now if you go to most jobs that want to pay you anything 45,000 and up that are not trades, um, they want at least a bachelor's degree. At least, not, right. to show that, not to show that you're more educated per se, but to separate the people just a little bit Right. So that I could know, all right, so who is it that I should be looking at? Right. right? There's some way to delineate. Right. Yeah. Something has to be there. So if everybody had a bachelor's degree, the value drops. Then everybody's going to need a master's degree, right? Wow. The bachelor's would then replace the, 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 GED the high or the diploma. high school diploma, right? right? Wow. So you get a master's, and then everybody's like, especially if you make college free, right? Because wow. this, this term, free, um, there's two assumptions that are made. One assumption that gets made is that everybody's going to go to college anyway. That's mm-hmm. not true. Right. Everybody's not going to go to college. But if more people went to college, uh, exponentially more so than are going now, simply because of the cost, um, that means more people will get bachelor's degrees. Mm-hmm. If more people get bachelor's degrees, low-level work, low-skill work will start to get phased out. Right. Like, People with bachelor's degrees will become the low-level work. 
That's that's right. what that's what I think history has shown with with like the minimum Absolutely. wage. Absolutely. If I gotta pay everybody a minimum, then I want the most. You, then I don't want an entry level person. I want the right. most experienced person. And those those summer jobs, those youth workers, those people just entering the work the workplace get pushed out for more experienced workers all the time. Or or they'll do it for free. That's what capitalism allows you to do. Right. Right. So so. In, in education, I think that if everybody had free education, the value of the, de the, the, degree, the degree just drops. Um, I think that uh, it also uh, creates a weird dilemma in that whenever, if everybody has a bachelor's, there's an expectation on an average income. And it can't be minimum wage. Right. Let's, just, let's just make that clear. If you start seeing McDonald's employees making $16 an hour, like everybody who has a bachelor's degree right now who is going into a low level <laughs> skilled job is going to be like, oh no, I need $18. Like, right. If, if right. somebody's getting $16 to press a touch screen, like I need more. Right. Right. Sure. So, sure. so, so, so it, it, it creates this weird thing. And I think socialism, the problem isn't that socialism wants to help everybody. The problem is that socialism wants to mandate everybody to take care of everybody, even though we exist in a system that is already attempting to do that, right? So universal healthcare, right? Boom. Let's break that down. I'm cool with universal healthcare if that's what you really want to do. But stop taking social security out of my check. Stop taking Medicare out of my check. Stop taking Medicaid out of my check. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. Wow. That way, uh, but, but see, the consequence of getting rid of them is you get rid of all of those employees for all of those companies. Now, the, the, the business would say, no, you just transition them over to, to Medicare for all or Medicaid <laughs> for all, right? But most Americans think that they're prepared for that, right? But if you go to these other countries that have universal health care the quality of care is not as high yeah that's what right I yeah it's 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 exponentially worse wow. um the and the the way to me to solve the health care crisis the the issue is not the coverage it's the cost right and like in like any other business would tell you the only way to drive costs down it's is competition. competition right so if you see, you should be able to go online to a database and say, look, man, they got cheaper insurance in New Hampshire by this little known insurance company in wow. New Hampshire. Let me find out what their rates are and let me go with that company. Right. But the way that state laws are set up is they don't allow state across state line uh, competition when it comes to insurance costs. Hmm. So as a result of that, insurance companies are able to make uh grow roots in an area and monopolize the costs right right so if i uh if if uh even even something as simple as cable right if i live in a city that time warner is the only cable company they i'm gonna pay out of the wazoo and they have no obligation to drop the cost right, right. so so when we look at healthcare in general like We've got to find a way to drive the cost down. So one way is to allow competition across state lines. Another thing um, is we have to up 
the money that is spent for healthcare has to be raised for preventative care. Like, I really think that preventative care, uh, the reason why pharmaceutical companies are pretty much destroying uh, everything in healthcare is because they want to keep people sick. Of That's course, the business is booming. There's no incentive, yeah. but exactly. Yeah. Let, let's talk about how you could get a 10 piece nugget for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let's talk about that. Like, so, so, like for me, that that's crazy. If you if you really want to talk about helping healthcare, wow. Um, you know, socialism and taxes. All right, man. Listen, Ocasio Cortez says something interesting to me, and she said something interesting on, on online talking about the Green Deal. Raising taxes on the top 1% of income earners new in America. Green deal. You support the new Green Deal, brother? No, not at all. <laughs> um, but let's, let's talk about the top 1%. What exactly is that? If you ask a general person, right. what's the top 1% of America, right, they, income? I think it's Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, and Oprah. Right. And it's like, no, the state I live in, the, to be in the top 1%, you got to make 268000 a year. Right. Wow. So you're talking about in the grand scheme of the wealthy. That's really not that much. I know how that sounds. Right. But and in the so, grand scheme right. of imagine right. wealth to be, that's not that much. Right. And she's saying to raise taxes to 70% on a person who makes $260,000. Like 70%. Oh, man. Like it to me, that's not, <laughs> she's super bugging. Like there's no way. What's that? Two two hundred sixty thousand. Half of that is one thirty. So ten percent of two sixty is uh so two sixty two five twenty. So uh a hundred and third, a hundred and eighty thousand is getting out of your check. I I like. No, not a chance. Not that's a chance. ludicrous. <laughs> so, 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 so people can go that's to school for free. Are, that's the reason people are giving up their guns. Talk like that. So, so yeah. So people, so people go to school for free. Right. That's why. Right. Like, nah, I'm straight. I'm straight. Like Second Amendment. You know, so socialism. Again, the issue is not that socialism is not trying to have community uh, at large be a positive thing, right? It's an ideological difference. I just don't believe that, for one, the federal government knows how to boil an egg, let alone uh, handle right. the, 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 <laughs> right. the, the economic future of 300 million Americans, right? People tell, you, people tell you the government is corrupt, but then they really do seem to trust the government to fix it. Now, a progressive thing I agree with um yo they need term limits on congressman man mm. facts I like that idea too i think uh a couple i think ted cruz and some other guy yeah uh, i don't know if it was for the look or what but i thought it was a great idea yeah they need that i mean even even reparations man like listen i'm not against getting a free check right uh, all right give me a free check <laughs> don't let me stop you from giving me a free check <laughs> but i feel like if you're gonna do that let's find ways that practically actually help people right. Right, of color, right? So, so let's say, all right, you can get free access to any community college you want. Mm -hmm. Establish a program like, hey, you can get access 
to a small business loan. If you don't want to go to school, hey, you can eschew that money that would be going for your education and you could take that, be a small business loan and you can start your own business. Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff I think is more practical, right? right? Like, cause it, and if, but if you want the check, take the check. Like, but I think that it would be, it should be just like an annuity payment for a lottery would be like, I don't think you get a hundred thousand dollar check in the mail. Like, I, cause that would destroy the economy at large. Like, but if you say, Hey, yeah. So for the next 30 years, Hey, we'll give you, you know, a thousand dollars extra a month for the rest of your life. You're not going to get that in social security. Right. True story. You know what I'm saying? Get that, get that thousand dollars a month. Or you can, you, can, you can take a settlement, take a lump payment. Hey, I want 10 years worth. Cool. Bam. Hmm. Like those kinds of oh. things are more practical to me. So speaking of reparations, I know I said one more thing before we go, but uh, <laughs> without giving any, any indication of who you would necessarily favor or disfavor, who do you think has the best chance of beating Trump in 2020? In order, who, who, who's, your, who's, your, who's your number one, number two, and number three? Personally, I think it's all zero. <laughs> zero. Like, I don't think, I don't think, here's the thing, like, <laughs> I know this sounds crazy because a lot of people didn't like him. Right. But I really genuinely feel like if former President Obama ran, he's sharp enough right. to out-debate Donald Trump. Facts. Right. Okay. I don't agree with him. I don't agree with him ideologically. I don't. Right. But I think that he was sharp enough, polished enough, charismatic enough. Legit. Like legit, the kind of person that you could see yourself sitting down and having a beer, watching a game with. Right. But he was sharp. You know what I'm saying? No joke. Um, and. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. I was watching some of his best comebacks and stuff on YouTube the other day. I was like, yo, this dude is so sharp. Right. Now, and to answer your question, um, the only one that I think uh, intellectually um, and, and has enough of a grassroots campaign to be effective would probably be Bernie Sanders mm. uh, from the Democratic Party. But I just... I don't think he's presidential, man. Like, I think he, I think he looks mad board of directors looking. <laughs> I, I think he's the guy that, like, if if you were a rich heiress, you right. know what I'm saying, and you needed a company to handle your finances, he looks <laughs> like he'd be the chairman of the board. Dio, he, like, he looks like a, a men's warehouse manager. Ah, uh, man, he that 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 too. Like he. He he doesn't look executive at all. Like he he looks like a guy who's got all these ideas, but he's never run a business before. Um, he he's got a bunch of stuff that oh well, this is how I think we should do it, and it it sounds cool, right? But I just don't we think it'll be effective, right? I I just don't think that'll be effective. Um, I don't think it'll be effective. I don't think you'll have the congressional support. Um, and I think that the person who they're going to tie him to, if he were to get the nomination, would be uh, Andrew Yang, man, uh, or Wang. I think I think they'll tie Bernie and him together. Right. Um, right. Because uh, I think Wang, he has the sharpness. He just doesn't come off in his, as an executive to me. He's he almost comes off like a 
like he owns businesses, like he understands right. how his business works. Right, right. But not like a president. Did you, um, did you see that Stacey uh, Abrams said that 2020 is on the table? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I, I think the Dems fundamentally dropped the ball when they forgot that the bulk of America is doing nothing but getting younger. Mm. And, and as a result of that, because of the expectation of Americans and the emergence of social media, the Democratic Party had an opportunity uh, with President Obama to kind of pick up after he rolled out to bring another fresh face out. Mm. Like they had an opportunity to look like a younger political party, a younger ideology. And they put Hillary Clinton back at the forefront and i was like what this is who you think is gonna win like like she wasn't liked enough um she stole the nomination from bernie and bernie just be letting her rock man that's what i'm saying like and, and, and so i'll be like bernie you ain't gonna get no get back like they gonna bust so for me nah i just i don't see anybody in the democratic party right now like right. even beto o'rourke like I went on Robert Francis Jimmy Rock, you mean? Yeah. Oh God. Like, did you see uh Jimmy Fallon clowning this guy, man? No, nah, man. Like talking about his hands. He was like, I'm Beto O'Rourke. Oh, I yeah, have no ideas. We're not like I'm like, yo, there's you're too much of a joke right, right. now. Right. Like, he's like, and he's like vanilla Obama. Yo, and the thing is. He's he's not as sharp. Like he's just he's just not that. And man, I, I'm sorry. Like I I just don't think in I think in a political debate he gets shredded up, man. Right. Right. Um, I think man, uh, I, maybe maybe having a Republican leader. Um, and this is culture, you know, checks right. and balances. Balance right. is like okay, we're too Republican now. Let's go a little Democrat. Right, right, right. <laughs> but none of the Democratic, the issue with the Democratic Party this year is the issue that the Republican Party had last year. I mean, last election cycle. And it was like, the people that were new faces that they had to bring up sucked. Right. Like, right. and Donald Trump was Donald Trump. Like, he, he came in with a head start. Right, from power. the field, right? Immediately, everybody was like, "Oh, he's a joke. He's gonna drop out again." But right. it's like, no, he kind of understood what it took to win, and none of these other people did. Yeah, true story. And, and the Dems kind of look like that. They're placating to the black base and looking all crazy. Yeah, like um, I ain't had. I, they ain't been in Congress for two years talking yeah. about. I'm gonna change That's the world. Come about on. reparations all of a sudden. All of a sudden, lowering the voting age, they want immigrants to vote, and all this kind of stuff. And part of it, it, it's an aside, but I, you know, part of me feel like it's a lot of it. You know, I think the census said by twenty forty five, um, America will be uh, won't be a majority white nation, and I think that uh, yeah, they're trying to get ahead of the curve, man. Yeah, for sure, they're trying yes, to get ahead of the curve. Lower the voting rate to sixteen. Voting Which age is crazy. AOC is saying immigrants are her constituents. And stuff like that. So yeah, they they definitely understand who they need to get at. Women. Yeah, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Facts. Well, listen, brother Jared Sanders, man. I, I don't. I want to keep this brief because I want you to come back on soon, brother. 
Hey, hey, man. I appreciate you for having me on, man. Yeah, yeah. So, so where where can they catch you? What's the what's the best place to look for you? Ah, oh, man. I'm I'm pretty much everywhere. Uh, especially on the music tip, Jared Sanders, J E R E D Sanders. Um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Jared Sanders, all that good stuff, man. Just maybe I, I'll say something wise on there one of these days. <laughs> one of these days. <laughs> hey, greatly appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. Ah, man, no doubt. Hey, thank you for tuning in for Gro- to Grow the Heck Up, race, religion, music, culture, health, community, hip hop, and the Bible. It's Grow the Heck Up. Yeah. Grow the Heck Up. Why don't you give me something that'll help?